Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, ladies and gentlemen, 2019 has been very interesting, and I'm so pleased to have back as our guest, Mr. James Smith, better known as Jim, who is the CEO and founder of Catapult Research, who is the GAN expert. Jim, welcome back to the program. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate uh, you inviting me on the program, Daryl. Well, you know, we really want to have you on on a quarterly basis because you're always talking about some very interesting things about the stock market in GAN. But before we jump into where we are, uh, it's now August of 2019, for our audience who who are new to you, could you give them a little bit about your background and your company, Catapult Research? Sure. Uh, well, I started my company in March of 2001. Uh, I had been doing technical analysis with a variety of companies for many years. And then in 2001, I decided to go off on my own. And I started a company, Catapult Research, dedicated to the idea of trying to bring GAN to, uh, to people who are interested in the market. And if you want uh, directional moves. That's what GAN uh, is really good at. W.D. GAN, for what it's worth, he was a guru. Uh, he looked at time and price. He lived from 1878 to 1955. Nowadays, people don't really know who he is, but at the time, everyone knew who he was. And it's a shame that more people don't know him. So I'm trying to bring GAN back uh, to the market. And I, I think that uh, now is a perfect time to be looking at, at the methodology that he brought to us. It's based on time and price, and it's looking at when you're going to have a likely turn in the market. And there's no better time than now to be discussing GAN. And so you are bringing GAN back to life. Are there other folks who are similar to you who also use GAN? Yeah, there's probably a dozen people who are really good at GAN. Um, they all have their own service, and I'm not the only one doing this. Uh, there are plenty of people studying GAN. I would like to see more people study GAN. I mean, there are all kinds of chartists out there who, who study uh, a range of things like Elliott wave, volume, price patterns, momentum indicators, all of that's valuable. And what I would say, you don't have to stop doing that. I think you should just also uh, think about GAN as a methodology that will help you in, in your trading. And uh, it'll give you certain signals that you won't get from any other type of uh, charting methodology. So let's go back uh, to the beginning of the year when we when we first met. And I want to thank Mr. Kenneth A. Goodwin of Genesis Capital uh, Markets to for the introduction to you. You had indicated that silver was going to take off. What has happened since you have made that prediction? Well, at the beginning of the year, uh, I was looking at silver... Uh, possibly taking off in February. And the idea was 
if the stock market had sold off in February, I was thinking that, hey, silver bottomed in October of 2018, and I've been warning clients that was a secular low. I got that right. What I did not get correct is that it took a bit longer for silver to base. You know, the idea is that you can call the low. You don't always know exactly when it's going to take off. I was a little early to the game. I thought that silver would take off in February. And here we are. It, it is starting to move up now, but that doesn't, you know, the point is, uh, the GAN stuff worked at calling the low, and sometimes you just have to be more patient in terms of when, you know, the uh, silver takes off. And I think gold and silver are starting to move higher. That should be a red flag to you if you're invested in the stock market because the only reason silver and gold are taking off is like a safe haven. People are starting to worry about the stock market. So... I think it fits with what I see happening with the S&P and the Dow right now. And, and, and what are those factors in, in your professional opinion that are the under, you know, what are the underpinnings of silver taking off? Why is it taking off? Is, is it that there's a demand, industrial demand for the product? Is there a commercial demand for the product? Um, is it a scarce resource? What are some of those key factors that you're looking at that will give you the indication that I think silver is going to take off? Well, from a fundamental perspective, there is a commercial demand for silver, more so for silver than gold. But I think the fact that both gold and silver are starting to move higher is really a safe haven play. Uh, people are worried that uh, – you know, the, uh, all you have to do is pick up the newspaper every day and see that, you know, you've had, what, how many weeks now of, of chaos in Hong Kong? Uh, you've got, what was it, some sort of uh, Russian cruise missile experiment gone wrong yesterday and, you know, radiation leaking. Uh, you've got all kinds of things. Argentina just blew up yesterday. Uh, the stock market dropped 48% in one day. Uh, you know, people are looking at this, these headlines and they're saying, I want some safety. So they are buying gold and silver. And if they're worried about the stock market and the possibility of a recession, they're looking around for things that are going to provide a safe haven. And that's where gold and silver uh, really outperform. Mm. And so what is your position now with, with silver? You, you feel that it is going to take off, and what is your prediction? Well, I think it's going to go up a lot higher than people expect. In the next couple of years, I expect silver to go to new highs, above $50 an ounce. And on a percentage basis, I've been telling clients that if you like gold, do not buy gold, buy silver. Silver will outperform gold in a bull market. When you have a bear market, silver underperforms. If both gold and silver are going down, silver will probably get hurt more than gold. But the opposite is true in a bull market. If gold is going up, if gold goes to $2,000 an ounce, 
silver will go well above its old high. It will, percentage-wise, it could double or triple at the same time that gold just barely gets to new highs. So on that basis alone, I would say silver is a better bet than gold. In the in a bull market. In a bull market, which I think it correlates to the idea that um, you've got the S&P uh, looking like it's a little toppy, probably going to sell off this fall. You've got the percentage chance. You can All you have to do is look at the bond market and see that, you know, bonds, people are looking for safety. Uh, they're not just buying gold and silver. They're buying bonds because they're worried about a recession. So that is another warning to you that, hey, things are not going to be all that good here. I mean, potentially, we could have a serious problem this fall. Now, if you look at the stock market today, uh, the S&P is threatening its 50-day moving average. If it pops above that, it'll probably, it might even go to new highs in the next week or two. That doesn't change my view. My view is that this fall, things are going to happen. And you're, you're well-advised to sell the rallies in the stock market. And for the same reason, you're well advised to buy the dips in gold and silver because those two are inversely correlated. When the stock market sells off this fall, gold and silver will go crazy. And, you know, you've already seen bonds are rallying like crazy because people were worried. They're looking for a safe haven. That's pretty clear. Uh, you know, if China decides that They've been trying to hold up the Chinese yuan to keep it from selling off. If they don't intervene to support the yuan, it could easily go to eight or nine against the U.S. dollar. And if that happens, you've already seen what happened when it popped above seven. So if the yuan sells off and it gets to eight or nine against the U.S. dollar, uh, that could happen this fall if they lose control over their currency and it just really depreciates, you've got a global currency war going on and that is going to freak out financial markets everywhere. So that that's going to be very interesting to see how that develops. So looking at this from a, a macro financial economic outlook, so what you're saying is that, let, let's look at a few facts. One is that China holds a lot of U.S. debt, correct? Correct. So when their currency is strong, they can buy more U.S. debt. When their currency, is that correct? Is my assumption correct? Yeah, yeah. And if, and if their currency is weaker, it becomes more expensive for them to buy U.S. debt, Correct. Correct. Now, with this so-called trade war, it's not so-called, it's happening, with these tariffs, um, it appears that the U.S. is putting China in a particular uh, financial economic bind. And then if China decides not to buy our debt, then it goes to, of course, it's in the open market, but that means that um, we're taking one of the key demand people for our currency now, I mean, for our, our, our debt, now we're depending upon the rest of the world. How do you think that will affect 
the United States in the world economic view, from a macroeconomic view? Well, quite frankly, I don't think the Chinese really want to add to their existing position in U.S. bonds. I think, if anything, they'd like to reduce it over time. Uh, they don't want to destabilize the global market, but at the same time, they have no incentive to add to their U.S. bond position. They may want to go the other way. Uh, so, yeah, over the long term, the U.S. is going to have to look for other people to buy our debt. Uh, China may not be a country that wants to own a lot of U.S. debt going forward. And so that's a problem. It just means the, the Fed, the, you know, the central bank in the U.S. will have to uh, print money to buy our debt. And, and, the, and the risk is people have been talking about this for a while that, you know, Trump would like to see a weaker currency. The U.S. dollar is too strong. Uh, we don't sell as many goods overseas. So I wouldn't be surprised this fall to see the dollar start to sell off. And normally, if it sells off in a gradual rate, uh, that's good for U.S. exporters. But if it's a convulsive move where the dollar sells off in a chaotic matter, that could set up panic in the financial markets. The risk, as I see it, is the dollar may sell off in a in a chaotic manner, and, and that would be bad for everybody. You know, I, I was listening to, I, I think we might have talked about this a couple months ago. Um, there was a gentleman who was on CNBC, and he was, he was discussing his concern about the, uh, the corporate debt markets. He felt that the corporate debt markets are the reason why the stock market is at these all-time highs that we have. So based upon what you just said, if, if, if the president wants to weaken our currency, which means that the price of our goods will be cheaper for people to buy internationally, on one hand, that might drive higher sales, but at the same time, the profitability of, of these corporations will be negatively affected, right? So it, it means that they're not going to be able to service the debt as well as they could before the lowering of those prices. So where does that make economic sense from a corporate standpoint, from a U.S. corporate standpoint? Well, I, I, to be honest, my specialty is looking at the charts. I'm not an economist, but what I would say is that uh, it is true that if the dollar gets gradually cheaper, it will help U.S. exporters, but I don't think that's the situation we're in now. I think there's a problem if you have a convulsive move, the dollar sells off too quickly. Uh, it's not a case of trade being enhanced by a weaker dollar. It's a case of people worrying that, as you point out, you know, uh, a weaker dollar is also tied to the bond market and. If the dollar sells off too rapidly, you could be in a situation where the long end of the curve, the you know, 10-year, 30-year bond yields suddenly spike higher. What I tell clients is that don't worry about an inverted yield curve. Worry about when yields go back up again. If you suddenly see bond yields start to rise, 
too quickly because the dollar is weakening too quickly, that's when you really have to worry. Uh, if you look back through history, you see 2007, 2008, the real problem came when bond yields start to rally because the, it's sort of like the game is up. The Fed suddenly starts cutting rates to zero, and then people anticipate inflation, kind of a reflation trade, but there's no reason to own bonds because inflation's bad for the bond market. And of course, if, if too many companies are issuing too much debt and they need to keep refinancing, that's what kills these companies because then when they go back to refinance again, you know, there, it's going to be more expensive to refinance that debt. So my point would be that uh, what nobody's really expecting is a rise in long-term bond yields. If that happens, and it seems inevitable to me because the, the Fed is going to cut rates this fall in response to a stock market sell-off. When that happens, people are going to anticipate rising inflation, bond yields go up. Anyone who is sort of leveraged, and that would be a lot of corporations where they've borrowed too much debt, it, it is going to be a serious problem. They're, you know, investors will sell, sell the stocks of those companies very quickly. And it snowballs. It, at that point, you know, it, things go from bad to worse in a big hurry. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with our regular guest, Mr. James Smith. He's the CEO and founder of Catapult Research. And we're always having this great conversation about his study of WD GAN and how he uses the GAN method to study the trends of our financial markets. So, Jim, okay, so let me understand. Big tax cut for the corporations, um, quite frankly, uh, that resulted in uh, higher bonuses for most of the CEOs. I don't know if that's across the board, um, but apparently, when I'm looking at it from a macro basis, I'm sure some some might have some corporations might have reduced their debt, but they didn't use that opportunity to reduce their corporate debt. And so, what does WD Gan look at from your perspective, from an analytics perspective, in regards to the amount of debt? that these corporations have taken on? Well, it, it poses a big risk uh, for those companies that are too leveraged, they have too much debt. Uh, when the stock market starts to sell off, it becomes a sort of a self-reinforcing uh, regression. Basically what happens is these companies are in a very bad situation and Interestingly enough, I guess the consumer, from what I've read, the consumer is not as leveraged as a lot of these companies. So if you get a stock market, start to sell off this fall, <coughs> and, you know, it takes on a life of its own. You'll see, you'll see a day this fall when the Dow drops over 1,000 points. There's no question. And Whoa, are you saying that the Dow is going to drop over 1,000 points? In a day. In a day? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, you look at it percentage-wise. Look at where we are now versus 1987. Um, you know, you sold off dramatically in 1987. I'm not saying that we're going to do a 1987, but 
percentage-wise, a thousand points is not a big deal now. It's, well, it's right. I mean, would I have I have been saying to my wife, Deb, <clears throat> that I believe that the stock market is overheated. I mean, I I you know I'm thinking I'm feeling if the number if the Dow was somewhere around sixteen to eighteen to nineteen thousand, I I I I would feel comfortable with that. But at where it is now, I I, I just think. That there's there's too many oh false indicators in there to say that this is a legitimate stock market at twenty six twenty seven thousand. What are your thoughts? Well, I look at it from a chart perspective. You can look at momentum indicators. You can look at RSI. Uh, you can look at advanced decline line. You can look at all the GAN cycles, and it's all pointing to the same direction. Uh, it's telling you this market is getting toppy. So a rally over the next few weeks into the end of August would be a red flag. And it just so happens that September 3rd of this year is the 90-year anniversary of the Dow High. Uh, 90 days is a big cycle for GAN. 90 weeks is a very important cycle for GAN. 90 months is hugely important. You can imagine 90 years, how important that is. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to sell off, but if you see all kinds of warning signals in the markets and market rallies into that cycle, uh, you probably ought to be a little more prudent in your investing. If your broker wants you to buy the market in early September after market rallies, suppose it gets to new highs over the next few weeks. Every broker out there will be telling you to buy the market because there's nothing to worry about. From a GAN perspective, if you rally into a major GAN cycle, there's a lot to worry about. So my point would be take advantage of the rally if we get one and lessen your exposure to the stock market. Just take, you know, because you've got to rely on the fact that brokers are in business to sell you more stocks. Oh, to, 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 to buy and sell, right. Yeah they, yeah, they want you to buy. They want you to be fully invested. And that's where you get the, uh, the notion buy and hold. Mm -hmm. It serves a certain interest in the, in the markets. You know, nobody wants you selling the market. And I'm not saying you have to go out there and short the market. I'm saying if you're long this market, you see it rally, take advantage of the rally to lighten up. You know, don't, don't be a lemming. Don't go off the cliff with, you know, if, if there's the Pied Piper of buy and hold out there, and he will tell you always hold, never sell, just stay that way forever. No, there are times when you need to get out of the market. Even if this is not 1929, even if it's only a 20, 30% correction, so what? Do you really want to sit through that kind of miserable experience? And if I'm wrong and the market's still going higher, okay, you've lost an opportunity, but you haven't really lost your cash. I think you ought to lighten up. I'm not saying you go 100% cash, but I'm saying if the market rallies into the end of this month, take advantage of the rally, lighten up so that you don't get hurt as badly in the fall. 
Okay. So we have a few minutes left, and, and I'd like to get your thoughts on the 2020 election. And does GAN take into consideration political upheaval or political change? Well, the reality is the cycles tell us that there's a chance the market could turn down this fall. It does not tell us what those reasons will be fundamentally, but politics can play a part. And we know that the ECB is changing the guard at the end of October. Uh, Christine Lagarde takes over. Uh, recall that in 1987, a guy named Greenspan took over in, in August. And a couple months later, you had the 1987 crash. And fortunately, he handled it pretty well. But the market doesn't know this new person. The potential is that Christine Lagarde may not handle it as well as Greenspan did in 1987. Right. So the problem is you get somebody new in the role. The market uh, is not comfortable with that person. There is potential for a panic. And you also have Brexit at the end of October. Um, a hard exit would be really a disaster. But from what I hear, Boris wants a hard exit. So if he follows through with what he's saying, you've got a new ECB chairman at the end of October. At the same time, you've got a hard exit by the UK. Uh, and, you know, the, the Fed is due to make another monetary decision at the end of October. So there's a lot of things going on at the end of October that are a little bit worrying. And so what I'm I'm saying politics can affect the markets and these timing points, these turning points, the end of October is something to worry about. So even if we get a small sell-off in September, if people say everything's fine, you rally back in early October, I'd say, you know, I would, the, the coast is not clear just because we rallied back. I would say be aware that the end of October could be a real problem. And as you go into November, if you see it starts selling off really hard, you know, get out of harm's way quickly because it probably won't be 1929. But, it, you know, if, even if it's just a 30, 40 percent correction, it's still nasty. Why do you want to be involved in that? Why do you want to? You know, I just don't buy in the idea of, you know, buy and hold because think of this scenario. What if stocks really start to sell off? People realize that, oh, a weaker stock market will mean a weaker economy, which in turn means less likelihood that Trump will get reelected. And the way the market looks at it, Trump is Republican. He's, he's conservative. He gave us the tax cuts. That's all good stuff for the market. Now, if you get a Democrat in there, they're going to raise taxes. Um, if the chance of a Democrat winning increases as the stock market goes down, it actually becomes a negative feedback loop because the stock market would then go down even faster because it would worry that, oh, there's a real chance they're going to raise taxes 
there's a real chance uh, they're going to have Medicare for all. They're going to increase taxes dramatically. Uh, wealthy people will bail out of the stock market. And that becomes a negative feedback loop of bigger proportion than people realize. So I would just say that politics does have a role. And right now, the market is not that concerned. But if the stock market starts to sell off and people get to thinking, oh, Trump is going to lose next year, you know, that could be a negative feedback loop. Well, well, Jim, I would like to have you back on the program for the next quarter to talk about this issue in more detail, because I think that when you look at the, uh, the current deficit that we have in the United States debt crisis, we look at the corporate deficit. I think there's some things to be said about corporate governance and how that relates to the, to our economy, but we won't be able to, to, to just to debate that right now, but I want to thank you for coming on the program. All right. I appreciate it, Daryl. Always happy to be on your program. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have here Mr. Jim Smith, who is the CEO and founder of Catapult Research. And we just had a great discussion and he has been on our program previously. Please go to iTunes to check out the podcast. And I want to wish you a very good weekend. This is Darrell Gunter with Leadership. Have a great weekend. But remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net.